FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira, and Des. And we're here for another week of fun times in Season 4, and we have with us Season 4's biggest fan, Matt. What do you say, Matt? Of course, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the greatest season of television ever made. <laughs> Absolutely. It cannot, cannot be worse than Season 3. No comment. <laughs> oh, God, I'm scared. Now, we're three episodes into season four, and maybe uh, some of your um, problems with season four might come out in the uh, discussion today. Um, but is there anything about the last two episodes that you you were pretty, like, upset about or whatever, or... No, like, like I think the first couple episodes are, are, are decent episodes. I think my problems build up as the season goes along because <laughs> oh, oh, see uh, so far i thought this season was much better than last season mm-hmm. but now i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's this one thing i can't say robin knows what i'm talking about that is um, i can't really i don't i don't know what adjective to put to it but it's <laughs> It's so awful. I hate it so much. Uh, but I can't talk about it. Lisa? Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I, 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 I wish I knew what you are talking about, but there's yes. no way for you to tell me. So uh, maybe, you can, maybe you can DM me or something. But, yeah, but okay. Um, so, more awful uh, or less awful than Lisa. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, in this episode, we get... Froggy went a courting and he did ride. <laughs> I sing that song all the time, but not like that. That's an amazing piece of work by Ben Foster. <laughs> I love Ben Foster. <laughs> and this episode just reinforced my love for him. I'm not a huge fan of Russell, but I do love Ben Foster. Okay. There were a lot of good people in this episode. Yeah, a lot, they a lot are a lot, lot of good guest stars in this season. Mm-hmm. Or lately. And people I will like, be pointing every single one of them out. I will, and I will be giving you names. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Moira, how's, how's the laundry done? It's all folded. Okay. It's it's sitting here, nice and quiet, put away. We're good. 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 Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, with with that, I'm glad that the laundry is folded, so we can get into the Darwin Awards. I don't know how the either were related, but what the heck. Um, so, uh, 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 the title of this story is called Peeper Plummets, and speaking of plummeting, uh, my jokes are at a great start today. Yeah. Um, this is from 1999, Mexico. A Mexican jail guard died from an excess of zeal while supervising an inmate's conjugal visit. Prisoners huh. in Tepatula facility uh, reported that Raul Diaz, another Diaz, uh, was in the habit of prowling the prison roof during conjugal visits in search of prisoners to supervise. He was closely watching his charge from the roof of the prison when he tripped over an air vent, crashed through the skylight, and fell 23 feet to land beside the bed where the inmate and his wife were, against all odds, enjoying an intimate moment. <laughs> Uh, the interrupted prisoner, offended by the intrusion, uh, attempted to start a riot, but it was squelched by prison security. 
Local law enforcement reported that the guard was clutching a pornographic magazine, which was retained as evidence and binoculars, whose sentimental value led to them being given back to the family of the deceased. So, good <laughs> oh, job. <God. laughs> I, I, it's the best I could do falling beside a bed. So there you go. Not bad. Uh, Not bad at all. Um, okay, so with that, uh, let's uh, hear a little bit from our friends at What's On with Steph and Des. Me! <laughs> Not enough time to follow your favorite shows? Too busy to figure out what's worth watching? Well, let these ladies do the watching for you. My name is Steph. And my name is Des. If it's on, they watch it. Saturday Night Live. Bean Newman. Lost Girl. Dexter. Eureka, The Walking Dead, Grey's Anatomy, Parks and Rec, Survivor, Modern Family, Merlin, Friday Night Live. They'll parse the good. But, but I loved it. it was, I enjoyed it. It was great. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you know? <clears throat> I was not expecting that at all. So I, I, I like that. The bad. I just was not interested in any of this. So long and not good. And it was like, oh, come on. And the downright awful. I groaned. I was like, oh, I can't stand her face. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. So tune in weekly to What's On with Steph and Des for all your television needs. Available on iTunes or directly at whatsonwithstephandes.blogspot.com. And we're back. And uh, we're here that with... That show is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly amazing. <laughs> Speaking of uh, promotion, I forgot to mention, Matt, that you are the host of Movie Snobbery 2. That I am. Um, where can people find that? Well, primarily you could go just to iTunes and yeah. uh, look it up. Because, uh, yeah, obviously, for those who don't know the backstory, uh, you, Robin, and Steph <laughs> hosted the original Movie Snobbery and did a couple episodes, but unfortunately, you guys couldn't do it anymore. So you handed over handed it over to me, and I've been kind of doing the show ever since. It's honestly the dark night to me and Steph's Batman Begins. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> it is the Empire strikes back to me and Steph's <laughs> Star Wars. It's like Masterpiece Plus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? Because, because audience, he could go on like that for an hour. <laughs> it is the Godfather. No, I have laundry to fold. Okay, oh, so. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're here at uh, Open Casket Viewing, and um, uh, this is where we discuss the episode. And Moira, you really want to get us uh, started? <laughs> I do. Season four, episode three, parallel play. David takes Arthur under his wing now that Nate is out of the picture. Ruth and George receive an unexpected wedding gift. Keith has a hard time working for his new client. Nate makes the most of Maya's playdate. <laughs> Claire learns more about Edie. Brenda discovers role-playing can be fun. Okay, I don't agree with that one. Because it's not accurate, but anyway. No, she didn't, she didn't no. think it would be fun. No, so I don't write these, I just read them, but I had to put a disclaimer in that one. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Some of the Fisher's important memories go up in smoke. Written by Jill Soloway and directed by Jeremy Podeswa. Hmm. And I do love me a Jill Soloway episode. 
Uh, I think she's probably my favorite writer on this this uh, show. Besides Alan Ball, I like his stuff too. But I'm not one to comment on writing, so... <laughs> Uh, I'm not one to comment on anything. I don't even know why I have a microphone um, or <laughs> anything. But uh, I'm glad you guys have decided to join along with me. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, we start this episode with uh, three teenagers in a bed. hey I, I really <laughs> want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> this we'll part. go right ahead. But first, but first can I say that... The girl, Haley Hirsch, that's Dr. Green's daughter from ER. Also, Daly from Flight 29 Down. I don't know Flight 29 Down. Oh, it's it's like Lost for Kids, oh, it's only kids less lost. supernatural stuff. No, it's not supernatural, though. Yeah, but it's about a group of uh, teenagers who um, they crash. Their plane crashes on an island, um, and they're and it's got you that know, kid with the survive. hair from High School Musical. Yeah, Corbin Blue. Yeah, yes. he does blow. Yes, it does. It, it's good. I watched most of it. I didn't ever. I never finished it. I gotta go back and finish it because I watched it with Skylar. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Anyway, so yes, Haley Hirsch. I like her. I'll, I'll warn um, you. Did you go ahead? Did you know that one of the other girls is? Uh, I didn't get a very good look at them. Okay, I was busy trying to figure out who the other one was. So you're talking about Caitlin. Um, there's also uh, Courtney and Ashley, and Ashley's the blonde one on the phone, and she's actually AJ Michaka, who is uh, from Allie and AJ, the the teen group or whatever, and she also played the older sister in Super Eight. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would not have known that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person they prank, the husband uh, Gerald Gervitz, is played. I by... I knew him. Andy Forrest, who is Kyle on Parks and Recreation. So all sorts of people Kyle? just kind of... Yeah, he's the one always getting his uh, shoes shined. Oh, oh yes, yeah, that's where... Yes, yes. I knew I saw him from something. <laughs> yeah, I knew him from somewhere, too. Uh, that's... Thank you, IMDb. Okay, so, okay, so basically they're making prank calls, like we all did when we were kids. Yeah. Um, but the girl laughs so hard she falls off her bed. Now, question... <laughs> Did she break her neck or something? Is that how she died? Or did she, like, have an injury? I don't know. Because it looked like, okay, the way she was laying, it looked like, well, possibly, maybe she broke her neck. That scared the crap out of me. My daughter falls off the bed all the time. No, I'm thinking she had an aneurysm burst or something. Oh, that's That would make more sense to me. She was in a weird position, though. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't actually say. Nope. Yeah. What's that interesting is uh, there is some off-screen dialogue that I picked up only from watching the subtitles, and she actually says, "Hang up, Ashley, I'm dying." Oh God! <laughs> right before she falls off the bed. Oh man! <laughs> so it's it another... really bugged me that they didn't tell you what happened to her. You know? Yeah. It's a pretty weak opening death. Yeah, like considering, <laughs> well, I like like the cool ones. I like the biker Santa. I like the bread mixer guy. Just, I, I don't just like. like we need we need somebody to die in the opening, and that's what we got. The blue ice was good. I think <laughs> the uh, the misdirection 
uh, is great because you're thinking it's going to be a bigger death. You think it's going to be like you got slumber party, so you're thinking maybe a little horror movie set up here. Uh, you also have uh, the wife. Looks like she's going to actually kill her kill husband. Him, yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought when I first yeah. saw it. Yeah, and that is just something as simple as a girl falling off her bed. Mm. So. Um, okay, so we go on to the next scene where Arthur is practicing his intake uh, services on David. This is a very weird scene uh, several years later because uh, David says is pretending he's somebody with cancer. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that when I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't know, Michael C. Hall was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. In 2010, oh, yeah. and actually he got some chemo and went into remission, so he's he's fine now. So, but it's weird because it's you know, <laughs> unlike Andy Whitfield, Andy Whitfield, who, I'm at it from Spartacus. Oh yeah, that's who? Right. Yeah, he was diagnosed, I think, with the same thing, and he died recently. Right, right. Um, so the parents arrive and Arthur helps them with the color for their casket and David looks on very proud. I think Arthur did a great job. Mm -hmm. Arthur's got a great start here at Fisher and Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we have, uh, in the next scene in the kitchen, Ruth is pulling out some old things for a garage sale, pulls out this, uh, racist (laughs) mammy cookie jar. (laughs) That was so offensive. Oh my God. It was funny that she kept it hidden away because she, yeah. you know, she knew it was a little. She knew, but yet she couldn't yet get rid of it. But yet she kept it. Yes. <laughs> it's been hiding since the '60s. I'm yes. surprised it's not yeah. covered in dust. <laughs> um, it's probably worth something on eBay, Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So she urges Claire to join in on the whole garage sale thing, and then thinks that Nate might actually have some things to throw out as well. Yeah, all Lisa's stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably hasn't got rid of that stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Mommy and Me group, hmm. Maya has her first line. <laughs> she, what did she say? Monkey. Oh, I, did, I missed that completely. I was, too busy, I was too busy noticing her little rat-like face. She looks like a little rat. Ugh, it's gross. You're gonna have a but, slap-like face. This has got to be. Uh, this has to be new little baby child actors because this kid doesn't look the same to me. Well, no, it looks older. the same to me. It looks. Yeah, it's, it's the same actress. The same kid. It's what? Sorry? It's, a, it's the same actress. Really? Yeah. She looks I, I, different. Same looks, toddler actress. She has longer <laughs> hair. She has longer hair in the back. She's got a longer bullet. Yeah, you know, it's been a year, so the child has <laughs> aged. I don't know what it's been. I was actually going to ask you that. How long has this been in time? I'm losing track of what year Claire is in in school, too. Well, it's like... She's in sophomore year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been like three months or something. Was it three? We said three months last episode? That was last episode, but who knows how long it's been to this episode. Right. Yeah. Now, the gap in in time between the season was like a year. No. That's why it was funny that... There was no gap. There was no gap. It happened the next day. No, no, day. no, no, no. In filming. Oh, yeah, yeah but in real oh, life. Now you're confusing us because we because mean you in... know, the whole line in the first episode where David and Keith yes. are talking about eating this cake for like a year. Yeah. So. They yeah. had a year break in filming? That's weird. I think so, yeah. Yeah, usually. I believe like everything except for the second season aired like during the summer. So I would assume mm-hmm. they would do production at the same time every year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And can I just... Okay, go ahead. No, no, I was going to go off on another thing. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it took me the whole episode to realize that that was Skylar White. (laughs) The whole... Because she looks so much more attractive in this episode than she does in Breaking Bad. Yeah, Anna Gunn, who plays Madeline in this episode. If you didn't know, she plays Skylar in Breaking Bad, so... Yeah. On the commentary, uh, Jeremy Podesta, the um, the director, uh, said that you know she's a really talented young actress, and you know basically hopes that she'll do good in the future. Hmm. He says the same thing about Rain Wilson as well. So <laughs> it's funny, you know, it is funny. before they were big or whatever. Um, so yeah, her and uh, Linda are uh, talking about the new hot guy at the group <laughs> whose wife drowned. And when Nate comes in, they, uh, Madeline gets all, all sorts of flirty with him. Mm. Um, we have a new set here, a, uh, a, the, the college, uh, what the hell is it? The, like a rec room or something like that. I forget. I forget what they Lounge. Say the Lounge. Yeah. Um, where, uh, Russell is insisting that Anita and Claire go to Jimmy's thing at 10. What? Jimmy, we've heard of Jimmy. The mustache is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a porn star. (laughs) It's just not good. (laughs) Um, Jimmy is Peter Fascinelli. No, but I mean, in the show, have we seen Jimmy before? Nope. No. Nope. Thank you. That's all I'm asking. They're they're talking about him like we should know who he is. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, you just meet him later. Um. So yeah, Claire tells Adita about her past relationship with Russell and Anita thought he was gay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Funny. There's a lot of that going around. Everyone did, but me. (laughs) And after, uh, after hearing that Edie will be at this party, Claire has a little bit more interest in going. Okay. Yeah. And I, (laughs) I think I might have to revise my theory and say Edie, not Anita. Well, Oh, what? Edie not Anita is going to be um, Claire's oh, her, her lesbian. Yes. Is that a song by uh, Iron Butterfly? <laughs> yes. Edie not, not Anita. Anita, baby. Maybe it still will be Anita, but I'm pretty. I, I'm thinking it might be Edie because there are obvious signs <laughs> mm. that something's you know coming that way. Mm. Uh, we have a quick cut to Mommy and Me group where they're all singing Wheels of the Bus and uh, Madeline and Nate are exchanging some smiley looks. Um, and we go to Keith and David's where they're getting down to a little Celeste. <laughs> who? Okay, I was wondering who is Celeste, but apparently totally not Totally made singer. up, I think. Yep. Totally yeah. Yes. Well, Okay. <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. <clears throat> I, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say that so far, this season, I think, well, the past two episodes, um, Keith and David have been fine, and I, I like it. I like them again, you know? Yeah, they're really fun in this scene. Yeah. In, in, a, in a several scenes in this episode, actually. So it's season. not, I'm so over them anymore? Now it's, you like them no, again? No, I was over them because it was fighting all the time and oh <laughs> do we want to be together blah, blah 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 well now they act like you know a real couple that actually likes each other and I like it mm-hmm. 
So you're looking forward to uh, the thing that's sitting in the background between the two, which is uh, the fact that Keith is acting straight. Oh, that uh, doesn't bother me too much because, you know, David used to do that. Um, there's a big-ass spider on my table. All right. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the scene turns into a little bit of a dance session between the two. And, uh, yeah, uh, on the commentary, um, Jill Soloway and Jeremy Podesta Jeremy was talking about how him, him and Jill Soloway uh, had had to go through, like, tons of in tons of like pop music demos <laughs> to not only say, okay, well, is this going to be something good for our char- upcoming character Celeste to be singing? And also the fact is like, what's something where we can take a lyric and twist it to be something funny for David and Keith to have a chuckle over. And, uh, we, we, this is actually, this band's called Stardust Twin. And, uh, the song's called, you could be so good for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the shave my legs for free. <laughs> I thought it was a cute scene. I like yeah. seeing Keith dancing yeah. away, and they were cute together. I thought it was cute too, and the whole asses hanging out of chaps thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like I was saying that the other day. It was, um, you know, I, I hope for this these guys because in their previous little marriage scene, I thought, oh, good, maybe mm-hmm. they've put all these um, these little terrors to rest, and right. it seems like they have. So I'm glad. Yes, I am too. Yeah, because I was tired of it too. So, um, and now on to what I like to call the most uninteresting plot line of this episode. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, usually when Rachel Griffiths has has a scene, I'm usually very much into it. But this is just, I was just kind of like, Meh. you know, I think Brenda is probably one of my favorite characters on the show, and I always look forward to her scenes. But I have to agree. That in this episode, at least, it was kind of not that interesting yeah. with her and Joe. Brenda and Joe struggle with a condom. Brenda goes to take care of it. Joe's at worried about her expectations. Yeah. I, I appreciate that they, you know, were showing some condom, <laughs> condom use in the relationship. That was good. Yeah, it's funny that Brenda is, like, doing the, like, speaking up for the straight edge side of the audience, you know? <laughs> no yeah. Pop. Use a condom, normal sex. Uh, <laughs> Boring. <laughs> uh, but so, apparently Joe's into a little of the uh, S&M, huh? <laughs> yeah, that comes up a little bit. But it, the, the, the funny thing here is the transition we have where um, Joe goes down on Brenda. And she's smiling. And then uh, <laughs> you hear Rico say, I can't get rid of this goofy smile. And boom, we're on Caitlyn's awful-looking face. It looks like something from The Ring. (laughs) The Joker killed her or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Rico shows Arthur what the full McHugh is all about. Uh, Ew. So gross. (laughs) Um, David pulls Arthur away for some shopping, and Rico is staring at Caitlin going, wondering what the fuck is so funny. <laughs> um, Nate and Maya show up to Madeline's lovely abode, and Madeline oh. talks about what Parallel Play is all about, the episode title, where um, Maya doesn't exactly play with Jaden, but plays alongside, you know, they don't... It's true. My, 
my mom is uh, my mom has a degree in early childhood education, and it's true at that age they do play next to each other. But can I just say that Madeline is just kind of a crappy parent? <laughs> I mean. She's got her nanny and her housekeeper taking care of everything. You know, I mean, take care of that kid. Yeah, Does I she don't know even... what, what to say about. She, she's a wealthy parent, is what yeah. she's a yeah. wealthy divorcee. Because yeah. here she is. Oh, I'm a full time mom. I'm a full time yeah. mom, but I have to have a full time nanny and housekeeper. Yes, <laughs> give me a fucking break. You know, <laughs> stupid. My uh, wife, who is uh, mostly stay at home, I, I actually looked at her during the scene. I was like, "Would you like a full time nanny and housekeeper?" She's like, "Well, maybe a housekeeper." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I can understand. You know, I have been a full time mom, a single mom, yeah, and I've worked forty hours a week raising my children, and still had to do all the house cleaning and the nannying and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not that difficult apparently she just doesn't want to you know <laughs> yeah i don't know it, it's funny uh uh jeremy podesta says in the commentary that anna gunn makes this character like uh you know she she could fall into the really unlikable territory here with yeah. all this like rich and housekeeper and p- very privileged lifestyle but somehow she makes it seem not as you know, unlikable as it could be. Like she could have really played that up and being real snobby. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, she she doesn't have as much of a selfish edge because yeah. right. Yeah, because later on, yeah, we'll talk about. It, but you know, she's okay. not totally horrible. I see. I thought she was just fine and likable enough, except when she was talking about like that kind of stuff. Then I thought she was a little bit douchey. You know. I was just excited to see Anna Gunn on the show, <laughs> being a Breaking Bad fan. I was like, awesome. Yeah, I, can, I, I haven't seen this episode since it aired, yeah. and obviously since then I've seen Breaking Bad, and I've seen another show she's on. I'm not sure if I want to talk about it because, I don't know, spoilers, whatever. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see, like, kind of these actors before we knew them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, catching up on these old shows. Um, Ruth has a catastrophe of the highest order. <laughs> <laughs> what a great phrase. In, Ruth, in Ruth's world, it is. <laughs> yes. I don't remember. <laughs> this time, poop comes in a decorative tin in a gift basket. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Because, Stepping up the I game. Mean, they didn't just stop at one. And then the second time, they put a whole gift basket around <laughs> it. That is so funny. I want to I... see a scene later where she's um, opening the rest of those things in the yeah. gift basket and, and carefully peering in, wondering what she might find. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm no longer thinking as Arthur. That seems so... Um, you know, elaborate for him. I, I yeah, the, the Tupperware made me think it was him, but like the whole gift basket thing, that seems a lot more malicious than he would be. Well, do we think it's somebody from George's past? You know, academia is a full of backstabbers. <laughs> oh, George is so self righteous. God, uh, he's yeah. so full of crap. Not likable at all. Um, it could be from his past, uh, not for his reasons. I would suspect his kids. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. I, 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 I don't know. know. I, I, still, I still don't know if it's... You know. I think it's one of the Fisher kids. <laughs> <laughs> Nate. Maybe if it Nate. Were Claire, if it were Claire, she would have had her, her camera there. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So. It, it's Arthur's evil doppelganger in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> um, George thinks that uh, it might be uh, Ruth's old Greek lover, <laughs> Nikolai. Uh, I love the way Claire corrects him. He was Russian. <laughs> I was, uh, I was worried. I was thinking that maybe she would go confront him this episode. We get to see him again, but I guess not. Hmm. She made up her mind who it is. Um, yeah, so at the end of the scene, George asks Claire to throw it away, and she's like, oh, no, what? I don't think so. Yeah, what is, oh, my God, he is just absolutely <laughs> useless. It's like he came into the lies, and it's just like um, kind of freeloading and, you know, make you know, trying to, like, make it his own thing and get everybody around him to, you know, <laughs> it's hard to even know how to describe him. I can't quite He's put my kind finger of clueless, on him. Isn't he? Well, but he, oh, you can't have lived that many years and be that clueless. Come on, mm. yeah. <laughs> I don't believe Seriously. that. Like, I still think that he knows when he's needling people. He's well aware. I don't. I just. I don't like the guy. I think he's so yeah. self-inflated, and I think Ruth is just blind, yeah. and she's going to eventually see how how sort of. Uh, in a way, needy and shallow he is because he's, you know, all of it's about him trying to boost his own ego, always. Yeah. Oh, I just, he's annoying. I don't like him either. I also can't put my finger on exactly what I'm trying to. I know. Uh, you it's, know, what's Yeah, I'm trying to describe him. what it is that's so irritating about him, but. And I usually love James Cromwell, but I really don't like him. <laughs> but he's show. doing a good job with the character. Like, once again, yes. uh, this, this yeah. television show really doesn't have any horrible, crap, shitty actors in it. No. Right. Yeah, as much as I have certain issues with the show, I have really no problems with the acting. Like it's all top-notch yeah. performers mm-hmm. pretty much throughout. Anyway, I still I can't wait to find out what George's big, deep, dark secrets are. I swear, if I don't get a payoff and get something really juicy, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Brad is voting for serial killer, so... <laughs> we'll see. You could have offed at least two of those six wives. <laughs> <laughs> just like Henry VIII. He could have offed them all and just not told her that, you know? I mean, <laughs> just because he told her that he divorced them doesn't mean he did. Um, so in the next scene, Arthur is getting his suit tailored by a Ferengi. Hey-o! It's uh, Max Groden chick who played Rom on Deep Space Nine, but only nerds know that. I never watched it. Um, there's a discrepancy on what color the suit is <laughs> the subtitles actually say he's the guy says charka <laughs> and they're charka, like chocolate charcoal i have no idea so something weird that they threw in there so uh arthur goes and you know to get dressed or whatever and uh keith comes out and he's finding bargains all over the place and uh he thinks that arthur is gay and david thinks that arthur is a. <laughs> I like that. I, had, I, I agree with David. Used, I don't know if I've ever really used that phrase before, but it's perfect for certain people. <laughs> and then David tries to get Keith to buy a horrendous sweater. A horrendous <laughs> sweater. That looked like something David would wear, not... Right, uh, it was, that's uh, a Cosby sweater. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a Cosby sweater. David probably watched a lot of Cosby show and was like, I know what to put my black boyfriend in. Something Bill uh-huh. Huxtable would wear. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. So Arthur comes out and uh, – no, he doesn't come out. He's 
still a... <laughs> Arthur comes out of the dressing room and David says he's going to buy Arthur the suit. And Arthur is so happy and looks like uh, David's taking kind of a big brotherly role to it. And Arthur is very deeply emotionally moved by it. So. In his in his Arthur esque kind of yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the next scene, we're at Sophia's, and Rico uh, is still uh. hanging around. Speak, speaking of blind, um, Ruth's not the only one. Rico, no wake up! What a fucking moron! I mean, seriously, how more obvious can it be that she is playing you? Uh, well, now so she says she has lupus. <laughs> oh bullshit! She says she thinks she has lupus, but I don't see a. Yeah, there's no doctor. Okay, that can I just please? You don't get lupus from your silicone implants. Okay. okay? <laughs> End you. of discussion. Period. Well, if we follow Doctor House's advice, it is never lupus. So, <laughs> except once was... in season three, episode yeah. five. Oh. It was once. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Um. So yeah, she's got apparently has leaking implants, or at least one is leaking. But she's gonna have to get both replaced because they would look uneven. She needs uh, five grand for this, but uh, it's fifteen hundred dollars for the deposit alone. Uh, Rico first offers prayer, then offers a loan, then he just gives her fifteen hundred dollars. He is so dumb, and oh my god! First of all, her kid doesn't even have toys. She's on food stamps. <laughs> And she wants to get her breast done. She obviously does not have her priorities straight. Yeah, she just has a pill I, bottle that she's shaking, but it's childproof. Oh it's childproof. God. <laughs> that is worst mom ever. That, that they, was... don't, they don't paint her subtly, do they? I mean, it's it's so it's so obvious that you you really do start to wonder, Rico. Truly, how stupid can you be? Because in other ways he's not dumb. Like when he was dealing with the gangs back in oh, whatever yeah, yeah. season one or something. Season, yeah. Like in other ways he's not dumb and naive. And so why, why in this one area? <laughs> and it's not even like he's getting sex from her and he's blinded by that. So <laughs> I don't know. He probably yeah. it's probably the first woman who's ever paid attention to him besides Vanessa. <laughs> well, I think yeah, we kind of touched on that before. Pr- probably. Or that he's allowed anything to happen with, you know, yeah. in terms of a connection. But what were you going to say, Matt? Oh, sh- oh like well, I had one joke. Like that was a really expensive, super mouth, happy, fun time <laughs> extravaganza, fantastico. I, I must have yeah. been. It must have been the best blowjob ever. And like I, I don't really get this dynamic at all. Like it, no. it doesn't. I I don't see how he would be like in the friend zone with this with this girl at all. And like. Why he'd be doing all this if he's not sleeping with her at the same time. I mean, maybe he's just a fan of mid-90s MTV and remembers her when she was a VJ. But I don't know. <laughs> was she a VJ? Yeah, she's uh, she was Idalis oh. from the mid-90s. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't remember I her. I have put no that idea. Together. <laughs> yeah, it was like the pre-Carson Daly era. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, she's definitely fearless with the boobies. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, it's funny. Jeremy Videspa, the director, did talk about her in the same respect that he talked about um, Madeline in the fact that you're, she's playing someone that could be easily hated, but somehow you still kind of like her. I was like, no, no Jeremy no, Videspa. No, no. I don't agree with you. No, you Not don't kind of like her. 
no. She is She's so openly. mercenary and so predatory that no, I don't like her. Oh. No, I don't Not either. Nicole, God sent us an angel. <laughs> and you know what? I hate this storyline so much. <laughs> it's so stupid, and I want it to hurry up and be done. Oh, the best part isn't here yet. We're, we have yet to cover that. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, before we get to all that, um, we have uh, Nate impressed by Madeline's life. Uh, she gives him a little bit of a self-help book. Um, and then she caresses his face and tells him it's okay. And he's like, what's okay? <laughs> and then they start making out. Uh, um, we're at Jimmy's party. Peter Fascinelli. Yeah, Peter Fascinelli. Hey, you know what? Peter Fascinelli used to be on a TV show called Hawaii. And you know who else was on that show? Who? Eric Balfour. What? Oh, actually, yeah. I got an, another connection. Peter uh, Facinelli was also in the movie Can't Hardly Wait with Lauren Ambrose and Freddie <gasps> yes! Rodriguez. Yes, certainly was. I love that movie. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, what his face was in it? Um, Freddie uh, Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah, he yes. plays the uh, the memorable role of Jock Number Three <laughs> of <laughs> of three. That's that's where I first discovered Lauren Lauren Ambrose, and I loved her in it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, um, he's most famously in, uh, he was in Fast Lane for the, like a, a year before this. And now he's on Nurse Jackie and is in the Twilight movies. Yes, he plays the, uh, the father Colin. I can't remember his name. Me either. Steve. Steve. I'll go I'm with that. I'm sure that's not it, but sure. <laughs> the vampire Steve. <laughs> um, and he's wearing overalls of shame. Uh, and he looked good back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, he's he's a good guy at, the, at a party because as soon as you walk through the door, he's getting you high. Um, also, uh, Steph Smith uh, made me want to slap myself for not saying that Edie, who comes in here, is played by Mina Savari, who is in Alan Ball's movie American Beauty. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> oh, was one of the big kind of news stories leading up to this season that they were back working together. Yeah. Also, American Pie. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, Alan Ball did American Beauty, so. Yeah. Um. So Russell is leering from a chair. <laughs> Oh my god, he's so creepy in this at this party. <laughs> it's funny how he was pushing them so hard to come to this thing and he he just looks miserable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because Claire's having fun without him. Yes, he's, exactly. He is totally hung up on her in the worst possible way. She's she's being kind of mean, but <laughs> I don't you know, it's funny. I'm usually the empathetic one and I don't care. I don't care that he's hung up on Claire. I really don't. <laughs> I'm like, you had your chance, you blew it, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, it's okay, she's going gay. That's right, so. <laughs> At least for a little while. I don't know if it's going to be permanent. Hey, hey, but hey. It's funny, it's funny when this, she's potential making... potential cast all of a sudden making accusations that some character is going to go gay? <laughs> she makes fun of the other chick and says oh is this her experimental college bisexual phase and I'm thinking yeah. well isn't it yours <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly 
It's going to be her experimental, you know, college phase. Whether or not it goes beyond that, I mean, don't know, but I'm pretty sure. that's This is my prediction, and I stand behind this prediction. Okay. Claire is going to at least experiment with, um, you know, lesbianism, um, probably with either Anita or Edie. <laughs> I still can't decide which one. Uh, can, Anita can we have both? Both. Can we? Can we... Both would be great. Be awesome. Teresa, I'm totally up, down for that. So, Whew. I'd rather see her with Anita. I might need to take the week off for that one. I was, <laughs> you guys do this episode. I can't even discuss it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Russell is on stage doing a little froggy wet and wet a court. And... <laughs> that is so. I fun love to watch. that song. Yeah, I... it was painful to watch no i enjoyed watching him do his version of it, it was so bizarro and, and weird and strange and it just made me laugh and behind the scenes that was that was stuff that was all improv they they, was it? they well, brought up some beats for him to go at it with and he, he practiced a few times and then just went ahead and did it well if russell's gonna have to be in this show he can at least keep you amused so yay <laughs> Um, so we have the girls are all stoned. Claire hates everyone. Uh, and Edie decides. Anita looks good in that corset. Can I say that? Anita yes, looks can. really good in that corset. Mm-hmm. Um, Edie decides to crash the show and, uh, takes, Russell mm-hmm. takes her place, tells Claire that he misses her, but Claire is ignoring him as Edie strokes off some dude's guitar. That is the most bizarre thing when she warns everybody, if you're in the front row, you're in the flat, the splash, splash zone, I'm just cracking up. Like, wow. Um, the director know. also said that uh, Mina Savari is very much not like Edie at all. <laughs> and that she's very <laughs> quiet and reserved and that she actually took some, uh, took a little time to, with a, a guitar teacher to to learn how to properly hold the guitar and you know make noises with the guitar and then then did that whole thing. So. I don't know that I would inherently know how to jerk off a guitar either. <laughs> so I can I can appreciate she might need a yeah. little bit of coaching. That seems hilarious. <laughs> um. So in the next scene, Ruth confronts Arthur about the poop. And Arthur is upset she would accuse him of that. It comes through that he still has feelings for her, but he would never send her poo. (laughs) And then he asks her to leave. (sighs) So are we believing Arthur? No, I'm still dubious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm torn. I don't really believe him. Um. I don't know, it's hard to say because what he does later makes me think he was guilty, but then you could also just interpret it that he was so insulted he left, but that seems a bit overly dramatic. I, you know, I, uh, uh. I can't ask you, Matt. <laughs> uh, I, like, it's, it's been a while since I've seen it. I kind of remember how it plays out, but I'm not, I obviously won't well, say, but I. And the I'm other thing exactly is, sure. I, I agree with this. Like, I think the original um, Tupperware poop. Seemed very Arthur, but this next one is far too um, elaborate, you know? It's like a serial exactly. killer who has to get bolder yeah. as they go yeah. along. Yeah, so, oh, so maybe it wasn't. Oh, see, I'm torn. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm tossing and turning this one. What do you know. think, Des? Is, do you think Arthur is responsible for the poop? 
I think I was saying this earlier, but yeah, with the the Tupperware totally seemed like Arthur, but the gift basket does not seem like Arthur at all. It does not seem like his style at all. Like, in very elaborate, a little malicious, even more malicious. A Tupperware thing of poop, yeah, that's mean. But putting it in a tin and building a <laughs> gift basket around it, that's really malicious. So to me, I don't know. Arthur just doesn't seem to be, you know, if it was him and he was doing it again, I would think he would do probably another thing a Tupperware or something, you know. Hey, I don't hey do see we him. know? Can we back up a step? Do we know... Um... The first one, that box that it came in that Nate opened, was that addressed to George? I don't know. I, I can't remember. So. Do you because remember? the next one's clearly addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. But if we I'm knew. I'm pretty sure it was. Was it that it was George? Yeah, See, I thought it was too because yeah. we thought, you know, you know, he was pissed off about the Formica thing. Right. Yeah. Anyway, maybe, I don't know. Okay, the first one was Arthur, and then the Fisher kids saw it and was like, Maybe it's Nate. Uh, Nate's so pissed off with his mother's marriage. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Nate now, you know? Wow, okay. Oh, God. All right, I'm still voting for one of um, uh, George's other children. Okay. That's what I'm going to go go with. Des, keep score, keep score, Roman. I, I will. <laughs> Des, do you what? do you have a like a solid guess of who it might be? No, I don't have a solid, you know, mm-hmm. prediction. But I'm at this point, you know, I'm thinking Nate. But Nate. It, it probably, yeah, it probably isn't him. Interesting. Um, he just seems like the type to think it's funny. You know, could that be Maya poop? <laughs> no, it was too that big. That was a lot of poop, <laughs> baby. <laughs> that was grown-up size poop, I'm sure. Um. Okay, so we're back at Jimmy's, and we see that every Jimmy. every girl must have a toy. Uh, we have some rando girl hitting on Jimmy. Uh, we see Anita dancing for Russell, and then we see that was funny. Uh, Edie having sex with uh, Ginger from True Blood. Uh, <laughs> is anybody? Was it? Yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, I, oh, I'm trying to think of. Oh yeah, she's the um the barkeep. Yes. The wait uh bar- bartender at yeah yeah. yeah. Played oh. by Tara Buck. Hmm. Yeah, I. This is just from IMDb. It's not like I recognized her. I was like, I wonder if the girl that Edie's making out with is somebody. I was going to say, I didn't get a very good look at her. I was about to be really yeah. impressed. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize her either. And the fact that Claire calls her a redhead and she's actually blonde is uh, pretty funny too. But of course the lighting made it might have made her hair look red. So, they uh, sure looked like they were having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some boobies. And I think Claire was interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe tells Brenda about his kink. It's, he's a bit into dominance. And uh, Brenda tells Joe... Now, is, I was wondering if Joe likes to be the dominant or the submissive. Mm, submissive. submissive. Yeah? Totally. Did he say that? Yeah, he, he wants to serve her every... Oh, yeah. He, he hinted that, yeah. Ah, okay. I'm, yeah. I but you know what's weird? Can I just say what's weird about this is 
Okay, they give Brenda a boyfriend. We think he's kind of hot. He's kind of cute. It's fun to watch them together. We saw that even the first time they were having sex, it was a bit weird, right? There was a hint mm-hmm. there was something strange there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, and this time around, they make it more obvious what the issue is. But what I find strange about this is that why do they always have to make these things so difficult for Brenda? Why does it have to be so extreme? Like, why can't the guy just like to play submissive sometimes but still be able to just get a heart on and keep it when he's just having normal sex? Like, God. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Brenda's because Brenda's damaged and damaged uh, people tend to be magnets for other damaged people. Oh, did, I, did I point out anyway. the hair already? I mean, you, you could have noticed just from the hair alone. What about the, what? Joe's hair. What about, what about it? Definitely something weird with him. He's going to wear his hair like that. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. It's a tell. It's, it's, it's his tell. It's his, ba- his bad hair is a tell that he's into some kink, kinky stuff. I did not I did not notice his First hair is bad. Okay. Well, <laughs> SNM is not that kinky, okay? How are I had finding a- bad hair? Pardon? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Uh, you're, you're talking a strange language I don't understand. It's called American. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm American, so there you go. Oh, wow. All right, so <laughs> Brenda tells Joe about uh, how experienced she is, but you know she's not into all that stuff anymore. She wants some normal sex. She thinks that what? hot and role playing oh, and geekiness is uh, an escape from sex, and it ends up having Joe. Uh, what's leaving. normal? I mean, come on, seriously, what's normal? S and M is not that kinky. I mean, it depends, I guess, on how how into it you get or whatever. But I have a discussion with my friend the other day, and she is, you know, into S and M, um, and that's the, pretty much the only way she likes it. But, but it's really not that kinky. There are a lot of people who, you know, there are varying dis- degrees of it. You know, a little spanking, that's S&M, you know? <laughs> so yeah. uh, she gets mad when everybody it, – it's like you read a book and there's S&M in it. And it's, of course, because the characters are so fucked up and, you know, it's a, it's a, like um, – you know, they were they had a bad childhood, so they're into this because it's such a yeah. terrible thing. I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, don't, I agree. I don't think it has to be that big a deal. You can integrate some of that kind of sex play into your life, and that's perfectly fine. But that, but that was my point, that can't they just have a little bit of fun? And, you know, it's like even on Friends episodes, they get her, Rachel to dress up as Princess Leia, right? Come on. You're, you're allowed what to What episode is this? No, I don't know. Go back and look. But you're allowed <laughs> you to have fun if you want to. I just don't well, think it's wife. that big a deal. Well, you know, there's so, a difference yeah. between playing and having sex and playing a little bit and then the fact that he actually cannot get hard. That's my point. That's why I find it It's a psychological kinda... issue now. But okay, in his what he was saying was like, you know, one person a little more aggressive than the other. You know, he wasn't saying I need wax dripped on my nipples and I have to be whipped. You know, I mean, he just likes the girl. <laughs> we don't know. Did you read my DM? Sorry. <laughs> just, I mean, maybe he just likes a girl who's aggressive. You know, and and uh, it's he didn't. You know, it depends. There's so many different aspects of that whole subgenre of sex that you know it doesn't necessarily have to be totally kinky no it doesn't maybe they should discuss it and see see what he likes that's why it's sort of it's annoying to me that they make it so all or nothing 
Right. Yeah, right. That I mean, was my discuss point. it. Discuss it. Maybe what mm. he likes is something that is well within the boundaries of what you're willing to do. I think yeah, maybe you just have to be a bit of a sex slave for a while. Big deal. They had all this build up to sex. Why didn't he bring this up in the, all that time they were talking about it constantly and not doing it? And even when he does bring it up, it's obvious he's very, he finds it very difficult to yeah. admit this. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which, him. So. You know, I mean, you should be comfortable with, you know, who you are sexually. Hmm. So. Um, so we go to Claire's bedroom uh, where Anita is feeling a little pukey. Um, it could be because she made out with Russell. <laughs> Poor Russell. <laughs> Apparently Russell is not. It's got to be at least bi, you know. I mean, he can't just be gay or he wouldn't be making out with these girls all the time. <laughs> so. Um. Well, I mean, we unless just, he's in that experimental college phase, we a little bit. Into <laughs> oh, maybe it was just something psyche. to do. He was really, he was really stoned. Maybe it was just you know some way to pass the time. <laughs> it could also be because it's the closest he could get to Claire. Maybe. <laughs> I think probably he is bi. If I had to peg him, I would guess yeah. on bi. That's what I think. That's yeah. There, I do not feel that he is straight up gay. I no, mean, I don't either. I feel like he's got to be bi. Um, speaking of, uh, Claire was wondering if Edie's whole lesbian thing is a whole, like, like a college thing, or is it like, she's like serious lesbian. See, and that's where we really, if we, if we didn't already know it, that's cluing us in. Yeah. She's got this real intrigue when it comes yes. to Edie, right there. That, that and the fact that she lingered when she saw them make it, you know, make it out and everything. She kind of lingered for a little bit. I I feel very confident that she will be having her own girl-on-girl experience at least once. Um, now, we didn't get any feedback from Brad this week, but I am pretty certain that I would say that this next scene is Brad Couple's scene of the week. Um, we have Rico looking over some bills. Oh. Oh my god, this is the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> okay, so I don't get it. So he he's uh he all of a sudden sees himself sitting on a couch looking all smug in his underwear. Sophia is is like Christ above him with her boobs bleeding rather than her side. Um, we have flashes of Vanessa giving birth and Sophia stripping. And uh Vanessa is now Mary and offering a baby to uh Sophia and now uh, we have flashes of Nicole shaking her pill bottle and then we see the priest doing the same and uh, then we have Vanessa as Virgin Mary and Sophia now as Mary Magdalene kneeling in front of Rico and uh, washing his Ugh. feet with their, her hair with some that oil that came from the pill bottle. Thing ever. That is washing someone's feet with your hair. Well, that's that's what the whole. The that's that's right from the Bible. Well, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and then she goes to give him head, and Rico wakes up. I don't. I don't understand what that was all about. I don't know my religious symbolism. So well, if somebody can explain it to me. Well, that. okay. So, um, Sophia was the role of Mary Magdalene, the horror. And, yes. Right. And <laughs> Vanessa is of course the role of Mary. And okay, so she's the pure, head. she's the pure one. And Rico is torn between these two because he, he lusts for the horror, but he knows that he shouldn't have this forbidden fruit. That's basically what I got out of it. 
Well, that was just and and the okay. religious the religious iconotry is there because of course he's a religious man and yeah. all of all of his lusting goes against his religious beliefs and this is all of his guilt. So that's I, anything else, Robin? You want yeah, to throw his in first, His first I, reaction was uh, to the whole so- Sophia possibly having lupus. He asks her if he you know she wants to pray. You know he'll pray with her. See, mm-hmm. Okay, I got that part, but I didn't need this whole funky you know vision to get that i already knew that I am, you know I'm adding, from no- I, am, I am adding that to your list of complaints that i'm going to be sending off to alan ball as soon as we're done with the podcast yeah. the, please the, do. the things that des did not need <laughs> but at least it um it completely makes it clear that he's we, we already knew this that he's lusting for sophia and he's conflicted and he's torn and all the rest of it and you just know no good this way comes man this is not gonna end and well of course his ultimate fantasy is the fact that these two vanessa and sophia are not exactly like bitter towards each other in the scene they're very oh, much all about taking care of rico yeah because well, delusional yeah wouldn't the threesome just be the ideal thing for rico that's so never gonna happen rico <laughs> and of course you know the whole uh, she wants to save, he wants to save Sophia, you know, so, uh, Matt, did you have anything <laughs> you wanted to add to this? No, I, th- I think I kind of, I wrote down in my notes, uh, what? One <laughs> 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 of the, it's like, it's a dream sequence that makes like the Sopranos dream sequences look reasonable. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so David finds Arthur's room all empty, except for his suit that he bought and a note of resignation. He no longer feels comfortable in these surroundings. Huh. Hmm. Um, in the kitchen, David reads the note to Claire and Anita, who is still very hungover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nate comes in excited about Maya's play date. Uh, David's irritated with him and Anita is enamored with him. Um, Claire asks Nate if he has anything to sell, but Nate says he needs everything. And uh, and he storms off. Yeah, and please don't have sex with Anita, Nate. (laughs) Please. Oh, please, no. (laughs) Um. She'd do it in a heartbeat, but really? David worries that he and Keith, uh, might have scared Arthur into trying to pull him out of the closet with the whole shopping thing. (laughs) Claire scoffs that Arthur isn't gay. He, he and mom are fuck buddies. <laughs> or used to be fuck buddies. Ew. The look on David's face is just priceless. He's just like, ugh. <laughs> and how did you miss all that, David? Going on and doing nose. Oh, I guess because you weren't living there at the time, to be fair. Okay. Uh, in the next scene, we have a fun little thing. We're like, we're outside the Ellen DeGeneres show all of a sudden. And, um... Dwayne's given Keith the rundown on Celeste that only her lawyer slash rabbi can get go into her dressing room. Nobody else. Um, and Keith gets his first look at Celeste as she goes into the studio, who she seems like a very cold young girl. Um, and uh, she doesn't want to do the Kids' Choice Awards and or present with Hillary fucking Duff. What's that? How do you like that? Oh, it's okay. Uh... <laughs> I was going to go with Nona Mecklenburg, but okay. Nona Mecklenburg from from where? Uh, from the Adventures in Pete, of Pete and Pete. You know, I uh, a know little a lot show about of my childhood, and I never saw it. it I, was off. I was too old for that. Me too. I had children when that was on. Yeah, I was 
I was nine. <laughs> so yeah, it it, it oh. holds up. I watched a couple episodes a few years ago, but yeah, it's it's a good show for both like kind of kids and adults. It was it was so weird uh-huh. and unlike anything else. But yeah. It, Continue. It wasn't very long either. It wasn't a very long show either. No, I'm like I'm like looking it up and only had like thirty nine episodes. Oh, it was longer than I thought. Um She was also in Eurotrip. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about Michelle Trachtenberg who plays uh Celeste. Um yeah, she was in Eurotrip, um Harriet the Spy. Nothing else. Nothing else. Um, but she does have a problem with Hillary Duff, and I will tell you for a fact <laughs> that Hillary Duff is a nice person. I went to her concert um, with my daughter. <laughs> oh, and did you meet her backstage, or how do you know she's a nice person? She just seems nice. We were like a few rows, we were close to the front, and she was just, she put on a good show. Okay, all right. I thought you were going to give us some good backstage, you know. No, I didn't meet her backstage or anything. No. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Uh, We have next scene. Brenda's missing Joe, leaves him a message. And then we go back to the Ellen set where Keith is guarding Celeste's door. And then Ellen DeGeneres walks up. Ellen, my mom loves Ellen so much. She I like it. My daughter loves Ellen. Mm-hmm. Emily watches I, Ellen like every day. She loves it. Yeah. My mom does. I used to. I don't have time to watch it anymore. Exactly. I, I don't either. I but like it's Ellen. she's adorable. Yeah. How can you not love but, Ellen? Dory. My, my mom actually, when she was in California, went to a taping of the Ellen show. Uh-huh. Oh, cute. And she was so excited because she wanted to dance with Ellen, <laughs> and she did. Um, there was both. Both this scene and the one that she does with uh, Celeste later, we see Keith watching um, the Ellen interview and subtly make fun of Celeste on her show. Um, both those scenes were actually improvised. They gave her a little bit of dir- direction. Jill Soloway was actually on the set that day because she likes Ellen and um, pretty much gave them direction of just like, okay, well, this is what we want to accomplish in this scene. And go ahead. And <laughs> Jeremy Podesta was talk is talking about like the amount of funny stuff that you know, unfortunately did not make it into the show. The several takes that you know of the improvisation between her and Keith, and then her and uh, Michelle Trachtenberg um, were it was just really funny stuff. So um, <laughs> like the whole Keith's blouse thing that was. Yeah, I improvised. like the way she, that was cute. That was classic Ellen. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're at the Fisher Garage sale and, uh, Anita is very hungover still. (laughs) And what, what did I just say? (laughs) I hate garage sales. I've done them a few times and it's just painful. You sit there all day long waiting for people to come. And then when they do come, they want to pay really next to nothing. Yep. Sometimes for things that are half decent. So it's just, oh, it's just painful. That's why you price I, everything I high. Always, I always have rock bottom prices and I don't have people trying to barter too much. But we usually go to the flea market instead because yeah. there's a lot more people. But I like going to, I like going to yard sales. I learned that <laughs> everything, everybody who brings something up to you, nine out of ten times will say, Hey, uh, so you got this here for a buck. Can I give you 90 cents? You know, exactly. It, so I know. You always I know. price it high. 
It's like a pair of skates that are worth 50 bucks for five bucks. We seriously price them for like five bucks and they were still arguing about yeah, that. And we exactly. just go, go away. Just go away. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> that's what yeah. I mean. Like, I mean, we weren't overpricing. And I just thought, you know what? You people are just, you don't even, you don't even know quality. You're just <laughs> trying to get what you think is a deal. So whatever. Yeah. Anita has a really funny line here where she notices that Julio looks a lot like Rico. Because that's his son, yeah, that's isn't his it? Son, yeah, yeah, I remember telling us that. And that's the cute. director pointed out something to me that I didn't really notice, but you notice in the background that Rico is looking at a little music box with a yes. ballerina. Yes. I you thought that. Notice I, that. I didn't notice that. that. You guys had it. Oh, Good. I told him that he's going to buy that, that for was his kid. the background. That was like, you know, it okay. just showed him doing that. Yeah. I almost thought that Vanessa was going to walk up to him and say, Rico, why are you looking at that? <laughs> that's a good <laughs> Vanessa impersonation. I like that. <laughs> can you do our voicemail message mad, as Vanessa? Message? Sorry. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? No. Can you do our voicemail message as Vanessa? <laughs> you have reached Fisher Cast. No, I can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. I'll work on that. I'll, I, maybe I'll do it with you and I'll be Nikolai. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Who can you do, Des? <laughs> Oh, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darn it. Oh, well. Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, we have that quick scene with Keith watching Ellen and Celeste helping himself to some cheese. Uh, We have another quick scene where Nate is uh, giving it to Madeline. Hey-o. And then we go to Celeste storming out of the Ellen show, and she's so tired of Colin Farrell harassing her. And uh, <laughs> Keith is treated to a little bit of the help treatment, uh, <laughs> where uh, even in today's world, Celeste does not want her black servant using her bathroom. Um, nobody, really. Well, I mean, okay, I haven't seen the help, but, but the premise, wasn't that more of a professional thing? <laughs> you know. A More of a professional thing. Issue, yeah. yeah. I, I know, Basically. it's just the fact that he's black and she didn't want him to use her, her bathroom. Oh, well, did, she, did she not want him to use her bathroom or did the boss just say that because that's the way they do things? Yeah, I wasn't even paying attention. Somebody has to clue me in. Who, who even saw him using the bathroom? I have a feeling he left the seat up. No idea. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. He left the seat oh, up. Yeah. Okay, that's the only way because he said he didn't get any on the Thank seat. Thank you. <laughs> well, if, if um if they let if you know my security guard left the seat up in my bathroom, I'd be pissed too and tell him to use a different bathroom. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Um, it, we're back at the garage sale, and Ruth is telling George about her and Arthur's relationship and how she thinks that he was the one that sent the poop. And then talks a little bit about how they used to nuzzle. Nuzzling. That, oh, God, so weird. Um, what if it's George sending the poop? Just to, just to, you know, get attention. Oh, my God. There's a twist. He is That's weird. Funny. He is, yeah. I'm still going with my original theory, though, of the one of his kids. But I like that. I like that thinking, Des. That's nice and devious. <laughs> George introduces the term uh, or explains to Ruth the term of uh, folly adieu, um, which is two people confusing a momentary insanity for love. Which, okay, <laughs> hang on. Again, again, halt. Right there, right there. She should be so offended by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, again, so presumptuous and so 
He's, Who is he? Oh, the what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word? He's putting her down completely. He's presuming to tell her her feelings. Right. You want to piss me off? Tell me that. what I'm feeling. That is who, a huge way to piss me off. And who's to say that yeah. uh, what her and George are sharing is not a folly I do? Exactly. exactly. Thank you, Robin. Mm. Oh. By the way, folly yeah. I do is an X-Files episode title. Spoilers. Is it really? Yes. Really? <laughs> no, that's the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I know it was because I couldn't, I couldn't get it quite right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. X-Files is too hard to hum. See? No one recognizes it. We're telling them what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Nate, freshly showered, makes himself at home between uh, Madeline's sheets, and she gets a little freaked because Nate's putting down some steaks in her house. Uh, (laughs) And Nate gets upset because, uh, you know, he's being treated like a one night stand she's throwing him out that whole scene is kind of well, weird because really yeah. if they had just been having sex for however many hours or whatever and then you know he goes off to shower and tidy up and you wouldn't presume she had done the same like that just that scene just played weird okay do you know what I mean well, from a practical point of view it was just weird it seems like okay so it's the play date they have sex maybe you know more than once on little play date outings Ooh. Why is he presuming that they're suddenly in a relationship? Yeah, I don't get no. that. I mean, it's you just had sex with her a couple of times. Well, it's out of character for him, but he he recognizes yeah. that too. He even says that he doesn't know why he's acting that way. It's just it's just weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we see yeah. a little bit of a emotional breakdown. Like after she leaves, he gets all teary. And uh, yeah, and, and crawls and crawls and huddles into his iceberg. And, yeah, can you put your goddamn pants on and you. Get shirt on and go. You know, I mean, come on, stop being a baby. He's pouting. Well, go have your no, no, no. He's not. He's not pouting. He's not pouting. He's he's hurting. Yeah, but he's, he's not hurting. pouting. He's hurting. I was making a joke, but yeah. That what would you guys think of the whole Arctic cold sequence? It's just I don't quite get it. It kind of spells yeah. out the obvious. Yeah. Good. Explain it to me. What's the obvious? Yeah, well, that he he's like all cold and like. Yeah. Like, like in the beginning, in the beginning of the episode, he like sees he sees Madeline's like he sees a woman who's kind of at peace with her life and doesn't have the drama that he does, and I think that's what kind of draws him to her, and then ultimately that all just fades away and he just like left alone with his sad little kind of mopey existence, and it's all like in this just barren wasteland that's just cold and alone, and he's kind of in this just like. Kind of like in a womb. Okay, so it's his, emo- and- it's his emotional wasteland. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Right. And just uh, the fact that he's talking about this whole—I mean, it's like everything about this was going to be—is he was very much had his hopes up for. He's like, "Oh, this place is so nice. This, oh, this, I can't get over the smell of this room." I know this isn't <laughs> Nate, is it? This is not one night stand yeah. Nate. This is this is grasping, needy Nate. Yeah. We haven't seen him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it at all. No, he's weird. Yeah. I hate needy men. And, and not only that, she's not really that much of a prize. Like, no. Um, no, I mean she's probably a nice enough woman, but you know she's in a way she's preying on the widower. Even that part's not all that impressive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. whatever, she's kind of throwaway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that that and you know it's like I think she was like I need to I need to save this broken guy, and then. At the end, she's like, no, whoa, no, whoa, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
He's hot, and I want to bed he's... him. That's as far as it went, wrong. Really? I, think, uh, I yes. thought girls usually oh, like that. It's, it's, okay, even the no. scene where she gives him the little book, the little, yeah. you know, Buddhist book or whatever it was. I mean, that's she's only giving him the book so she can have him up in the bedroom in the first place so she can make a move on him. Like, come on. I don't think conniving enough. Little... You need to think like a conniving female. That's that was. So... I think there was a little bit of her wanting to, you know, because he's broken and being attracted to that. Like the uh-huh. whole thing when she put her hands on his face and is like, "It's okay" and everything. Like, and he's like, "What's okay?" Yeah, like she's gonna make everything better with her sex. That's, I guess, but know? I think I, I, what I was thinking when she did that was, "Oh, honey, you're so naive. You don't know this is this is Nate we're dealing with. He's, <laughs> he's just not. He's not capable of that. Besides, you know the other problem with her." She's not Brenda. Mm-hmm. So we're probably not going to be happy with anybody that Nate's with who's not Brenda. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we go to the next scene. Uh, Keith is telling David about how he got into a bit of trouble. Keith, uh, David's complaining about how now it's just him and Rico pretty much uh, left to run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, Anita wonders where Nate is. And Claire is tired of her hippie clothes and wants to go to more primary colors. And that sounds great. You know what she wants for a room? Okay. She wants white. She wants to go and have Roger Sterling's office for Mad Men. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little much. I'm just saying contemporary white sleek. It's all designer. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm (laughs) the hippie clothes. I can't stand the, you know, hippie clothes. Ugh. Oh, I like me a hippie mama. Ew, I oh, hate yeah. hippies. Uh, <laughs> Robin has dreams about Lisa. He just hasn't wanted to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um, yeah, so Claire, Claire asks Ruth if they can burn all the remains of the garage sale. And after a moment, Ruth totally is into it. I know, as was uh, I. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Let's have a bonfire. No, donate yes. it to a thrift store so that they can, you know, make money off of it and help people who need it. Yeah, primal fire. Yeah. Make it all burn. No. I want to fire. That hurt me. But it tossed a I, snake in it for you, Des. <laughs> all, that, all that stuff, you know, that could be put to a better use, just <laughs> gone up in flames and that bugs Sometimes, me. Sometimes, you know, people just keep recycling their junk for too long. There's a point when junk... Junk just needs to have its day. It needs to have its moment in the fire. As, <laughs> as somebody who's uh, who's recently moved, <laughs> I can definitely relate to the idea of just like saying, you know, I don't need any of this anymore. Just like standing like, in a big pile and just like lighting it ablaze. Divest yourself of your crap. You will it's, feel lighter. Yeah. Most thrift yeah. stores pick up. I mean, come on, somebody <laughs> else get use out of it. You know, a lot of thrift stores actually are nonprofit and they take what they make off of what they sell and they give it back to like soup kitchens and food pantries and homeless, you know, helping the homeless. Uh, life, I, you know, just to make you feel better, we do give our, our we used to give our kids clothing away to some people who could wear it but we don't have it right now so now we really do give it to the salvation army so if that makes you feel any better yes and it's and the money is spent locally there you go yes that makes you feel better i'm sorry but i was all into it myself and you know the fun (laughs) thing is when this whole idea comes up george and ruth are looking at this like little like mournfully bag thing that Arthur left behind. They had like a couple oh, things, yeah. in it. and it's like the perfect thing. It's like one of those little bags you held. Like, wait, wait, stop, stop! Isn't that bag a Canadian Club oil. whiskey bag? 
I'm sorry? No, it's, it's Crown it's, Royal bag. Oh, Crown Royal. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Those That's things like, just hold a bottle of liquor and you know, for some reason it got saved. And it's just a, a perfect example of total bullshit that you just Crap. put aside. You, you, you hold on to for some reason. And you're like, oh, I could put something in this eventually. No, let's burn it. Yeah, moving is the best. Well, okay, that you can burn. But you know, <laughs> all the clothes that are in good condition, the furniture that was in good condition, things like that, you know, should be donated. All right, this whole thing is interrupted by Joe and Brenda making up. Does anybody want to talk about that? Because <laughs> I just wrote Joe and Brenda make up. No, uh, I good. don't remember. Well, they start making out. I kind of wish they would show us more of what's going to happen. <laughs> I oh, mean, I'm sure if, they will. if we're going to have if we're going to have some S and M going on, can't we just see a little? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Keep your fingers just crossed, Mara. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> and we're back to the Fishers and uh, Claire, Anita, Ruth, George, David, and Keith all watch as the fire burns all their old belongings. And Claire, for like perfect mood music, fires up some Radiohead. I'm like, yes. Oh, is that what it was? I was like, this music is not good music. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, computer. Uh, One of the best albums ever. Yeah. No. I didn't think it was. I don't know. It just didn't seem to fit for me. I'll put what that did you want? Head. Burn baby, burn disco inferno. The, like honestly. The roof is on fire. <laughs> the house. I don't know. Burning down the house. Let me stand yeah. next oh. to your fire. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Yeah. Or just fire. Yeah. Eternal flame. <laughs> oh my God! Eternal flame would be perfect. <laughs> Somebody please make a video of this scene with Eternal Flame playing over it. <laughs> Get on that, Robin. No. I, I, I have other things. I know, I know. You have a baby. <laughs> yes. uh, so, yeah, during this whole scene, Nate comes home with Maya. And Claire notices that Nate looks a little weird. And Nate uh, is inspired by this. He goes into the coach house oh. and... <laughs> Throws all the comforters and pillows onto the fire. Okay. Really? That's what you needed to get rid of? Well, that, that's it? What about all Lisa's clothing? What about... What, well, <laughs> you threw down, like, one comforter and some pillows. <laughs> well, it's that very telling. Ridiculous. It's, you remember the last scene we saw with Nate was him snuggling under these new sheets, you know, feeling very comfortable and not wanting to get out of there. And... Now here's his his old vet stuff. He wants to get rid of them, so I think it's... Yes, but, you know, I mean, there could be some nice symbolism when getting rid of Lisa's things, you know? Well, showing that been. he's moving on or whatever. You just want to watch Lisa's crap burn, Jazz. <laughs> be honest, that's what the motive is here. Lisa's going to need it when she comes back. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, she swam with the fishies. She is not coming back. No, maybe ghost Lisa. That'd be about it. Maybe he'll donate stuff. Nate comes down and announces to Ruth that he's moving in, and Claire announces that he she's moving out to the coach house. And that's what's the point of that? Just backstop help play because what the babysitting service is easier if he's in the same house. I think Nate. Maybe the fact that it was his and Lisa's house and she's gone and he's okay. Go somewhere where she wasn't. 
Okay, thank you. That makes much more sense yeah. to me. I was that, being a little dense. Yeah, he, he but if this, if this is really a turning... Like, I think that's part of it. Yeah, if it's a turning yeah. point for Nate, though, like the way Keith and David had a turning point in the last episode, then I'm happy about it, because I'd like to see a new, improved Nate Arino. And I'm glad to Me see too. Arthur's room is still going to be used as, as, as <laughs> one big room. Well, they built that enormous set. Yeah. Now. <laughs> um, and I always like the coach house, so it's good that Clay's moving into that. So, um... Well- she is in college now, and she's an adult, and, you know, she needs a little more personal space. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, there's always so many times she can stumble <laughs> through girl. the house drunk to her, with her yes. friends. Yeah, too, uh, too obvious. Um, so this is, the, this is the end of the episode, but they did have some scenes that were uh, in the script and uh, were going to be filmed, but they realized it was going to run long, so... Um, the scenes where um, first one showed firemen arriving at the house um, <laughs> at, after the bonfire was extinguished, and Claire and Anita flirt with the firemen. Music is blasting. Claire is taking pictures, and Ruth and George have their own interactions with the firemen. I guess they're just kind of explaining why there's a big fire. <laughs> uh, and the next scene was supposed to show Link lying in the grass alone, um, probably and uh, and both scenes were cut before they filmed because they really liked how just ending the episode with the bonfire. And I agree. So that's it for open casket viewing. Let's have a break and listen to a promo from our friends at Saturday B Movie Reel. Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. And this is the Saturday B movie reel. Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> That's about describes it. Yeah. All right, everybody, stay here. We look specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones, the ones that air on Saturday night. Be known throughout the ages as an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator. Uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from <laughs> flying limbs. I called it in my notes. What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since there've been over two hundred of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. At this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. Our future depends on it. Make it safe. And we're back. And the uh, episode is now fully discussed. We can get on to Fisher of the Week. And I still have to figure out a Fisher. That's why I'm glad I'm going last. Matt, (laughs) you are on the spot. (laughs) Okay, um... This was this is a tough one. I, not really one of them had a completely stellar week. I mean, not Claire because she's all admiring a dummy like Edie. Um, David really <laughs> didn't have anything to do. Um, Ruth, uh, not now. I, I'm inclined to say Nate? Question mark <laughs> asterisk because like he had a good like first 45 minutes of the episode and then everything <laughs> fell apart so i guess it's kind of nate with a lot of reservations mm-hmm. okay uh des do you agree no <laughs> fair enough no. nate was 
I don't know. Not not my favorite this episode. He hasn't been my favorite in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ever since he married Lisa. Um, That was ever since he shaved his scruff. Yeah, that too. (laughs) I'm still holding that against him. Uh, This was difficult. Um, Ruth still just uh, her and, and, and George bug me. I don't know. Something about the way Ruth is with him bugs me. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire, uh, I don't know. I don't like the way she was <laughs> mean to Russell. <laughs> I felt like she could have dealt with him in a situation that wasn't so damn mean. Um, yeah, Nate was a total jerk. Um, I guess I'm going to have to go with David because there's nobody else. Um <laughs> So, yeah, just because he's not the other three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moira? Wow. It is one of those real standout episodes, isn't it? <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, <sighs> I, uh, we were all gritting our teeth with this one because none of them are great. Uh, I, I ended up picking David mostly because... He um, he is being kind of the steadfast one. Like, you know, he's doing the right thing by the business and he's doing the right thing by Keith. Um, and he just seems like he's, despite this adversity of, you know, like Arthur quitting and stuff, he's not completely losing his shit. He's just sort of carrying on and dealing with stuff. So I give him the Little Soldier Award and choose him this week. <laughs> okay, what Moira said, that's what I say too. <laughs> <laughs> She said it so nicely. <laughs> well, I, I, Thank you, I, I usually love Nate, uh, but he didn't act as much of an asshole as I prefer him to act like. <laughs> yeah, he didn't swear he at didn't anybody sc- or tell him to fuck yeah, off. Yeah, he didn't scream anybody's, bite anybody's head off or anything like that. Oh, damn it. David, I can't give it to him because, I mean, I can't just award him Fisher of the Week if he didn't do anything really impressive. Um, I mean, he's just doing his thing. He picked out a suit, Robbie. <laughs> he should take yeah. you suit shopping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Honey. Ruth, I, I can't pick her because, I don't know, I feel... Because uh, she thinks duty is a catastrophe. Yeah, duty is a catastrophe. <laughs> and she, I, I don't know, I don't, do you think, I don't, I don't know if she had enough evidence to just come at Arthur like that, you know? No. Um, who's left? Claire? No. No, Claire. Uh-oh. <laughs> But Maya... Until she gets your lesbian scene, and then you'll be all over voting for her. (laughs) Maya had her first word this week, so let's give it to Maya for saying monkey. (laughs) Maya is my favorite. I did not hear her say that. You're going to have to go back and watch it. It's cute. (laughs) No, I really won't have to. I don't like her little rat face. (gasps) Lucky for you, Robin, your baby is a hundred million times cuter than Maya. Well, that's true. Your baby's gorgeous. (laughs) She's so cute. All right. So uh, let's get on to listener eulogies. We didn't have as much feedback as I would like, but um, I did. I do. And I'm very happy that some people wrote. So um, we have one from Steph. We have a comment on our blog spot. And I actually... uh, made sure to grab a comment from iTunes to talk about this week as well. So who wants to do the Steph one? I have it up. Can I just go for it? Yes. Alrighty. Parallel play. 
She says, number one, would Claire have gotten with Russell if what's her name, Temple Grandin, not not made out with him? Had not made out with him? Wait, wait, that doesn't make sense. Read it again. The sentence doesn't make sense. She says, would Claire have gotten with Russell if what's her name, Temple Grandin, I guess that's the actress's name. No. Not made out with him. No, that's Claire Danes. Claire Danes played Temple Grandin, but I'm thinking she's getting Temple Grandin mixed up with Sprague Graydon. Yeah. yeah. Or okay. that uh, Anita looks like Claire Danes. I, and she no, says, no, I miss no. subtitles when I watch on my iPhone. Um, answer, Steph, is no. Claire would not have gotten with Russell under any circumstances. <laughs> uh, she actually means subtleties. Subtleties. Oh, what? She misses oh, subtleties. Oh, subtleties. She on her iPhone. On her iPhone. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't think Claire would have. Okay, number I two. And she didn't. <laughs> no, she didn't. Right. I guess she's asking if she thinks Claire. I don't really know what she's asking. Does she think the other one making Claire jealous? Like Claire like was, was looking around at the party when every, all, every everybody was pairing up, and what what if uh, Anita hadn't been with Russell? Would he she have gone to Russell? No way. I doubt it. I doubt no. it. No way. Like especially after being turned on watching uh, Evie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's looking for a different kind of uh, you know sex. <laughs> Number two, Maya is getting lines now. Yay. See, someone else noticed. Three, yeah, Rico. Legs. Lines. <laughs> yeah, Rico, you're just like you. She's had legs for a long time. I did, well, I didn't understand what she said. I'm sorry. I don't have the email up. You didn't understand she said Maya's getting lines now? No, I didn't understand how when you said it, it sounded like you said Maya's getting legs now. No, blinds, <laughs> lines, lines. I got it now. Good girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the hardest email ever. <sighs> Number three. Yeah, Rico, you're just like Jesus, rolls eyes. Des was right. Infinity is playing him. <laughs> no kidding. Infinity. Number four. Oh. What did Skylar White think would happen by getting involved with such a fresh woodwork? Nate can't really be blamed for hanging on a bit. Nice. Yeah, he can. <laughs> I disagree. What did she? What did she expect? She expected some, you know, some sex. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I think she expected no string sex too, which you know normally would be Nate. So, right? Yeah, She's sitting him at the wrong time. Yeah, just yeah. wait a few more months yeah, and he'll be. How would she know that, that? Because not every you know widower is going to be the same. Um, well, he's know. getting his name around. You, know? you don't know if he's over it yet or According not. According to Lisa back in Seattle, like a lot of girls knew about Nate and uh, his, you know, bag and tag or whatever. <laughs> huh. Behavior. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't feel that she was like, you know, totally um, idiotic to try and sleep with him. You know what I mean? How long has the wife been dead at this point? Uh, it's been, uh, well, he's, mm, he's known like, what, yeah. six months or so? It's gotta be, okay, we know it was three months up to the last episode, because yeah. that was how long okay. we've been married, so, mm. so it can't be that he, much he, longer. Yeah, it was probably, it's probably like been for like four months. You know what, in the big scheme of things, if he actually loved his wife, um, that's not very long. Mm. Yeah. Even wise, really? That's not long. I'm just saying. Um, okay, number five. I'm sure the Fishers are breaking all kinds of fire codes. I can't believe the neighbors weren't calling the police. <laughs> well, I agree. Apparently, 
In the script, they call the fire department yeah. staff. So, <laughs> <laughs> number six, a fourteen-year-old. How disturbing! Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? The little oh, girl died yeah. at the beginning. Yep. Well, it's not the youngest one we've seen. Number seven. I was waiting for Celeste to start screaming, "Get out! Get out! Get out!" to Keith for using her toilet. What a brat. <laughs> Stephanie. Did we see him no. using the toilet? Okay, no. Then. No. Right. I got that, but. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! <laughs> Don't make me beep you again. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't even put two and two together. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are you talking? We can't about? say. Something you can't know about. We'll tell you. We'll tell you when we can. Okay. Sorry. In a. Year, so Steph maybe? is hinting at spoilery stuff. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have a comment on the blog spot. Do you, do you have it open, Des, or no? No. Okay. I, we have a blog spot. <laughs> I can open it. Isn't it in the mail? Yeah, it came in the email. I don't. I don't have the email on my phone right now because I had to get a new phone. It's oh, fine. I'll, I'll read it. It's fine. So. Um, uh, Lou left us a message lu so i'm just gonna say lou i'm sorry if i pronounced that wrong um thank you for this podcast big capital letters thank you six feet under is my favorite show ever and the best one ever as i'm sure a lot of you agree and i'm glad i found a place that discusses it in the way it deserves congratulations so, oh, that's nice. Thank you very much for listening and no i disagree not the best show ever well, that's why she meant some of you, or a lot of you. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, and uh, the final uh, uh, thing here is the iTunes review I was talking about weeks ago. I finally got it. This is from Tabs, who left us a five-star a review. It says, Six Feet Under, discussed at its best. Intro casts, podcasts that feature new folks watching episode by episode with the help of fan veteran watcher of the show, are amazing. It's so much... I mean, we could have just done a separate sentence there, Tabs, but I'm not picking. Um, it's so much fun... <laughs> Don't criticize good feedback. <laughs> <laughs> not a good rating. She had a three-word <laughs> sentence and put a whole new sentence in parentheses in the middle of it. I'm just saying. Thought she was a writer. All right. So <laughs> she says, it's so much fun to relive the show through the newbies. If you've never watched Six Feet Under, consider that your companion, this your companion through the series. If you're a fan like I am, it really helps to watch the show again and remember how you felt the first time. Great hosts, great discussions, and a really fun slash twisted show. What more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. Yeah, fun and twisted. That's a good description. <laughs> awesome. So uh yeah, that's that I'm more fun and I'm twisted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the great host. Uh yes. so after that we get on to our last rites. Matt's looking at his watch. Um <laughs> In which we give our final thoughts on the episode and ratings. So let's go backwards this time and go to, I think it was Moira went last before. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Had to think about that. Okay. Overall, it was, you know, it's an okay episode. There's nothing about it that really, really annoyed me or made me angry or uber frustrated the way some of them do. (laughs) So 
you know, I don't have a major hate on after reading it. It didn't leave me depressed and melancholy as some <laughs> have in the past. All of that's good. I like the bonfire, you know. It ended on an up note as far as I could tell. Um, and there was a few cute, I mean, Ellen was in it. That, that's a plus, yeah. you know. That made me happy. So, um, but in terms of, you know, where it's at in the show and moving plot along and things, it felt a bit like it's a, it's a connecting episode. Not really filler, but just filling in blanks maybe or setting us up for things. So I am just going to give it um, a 7 out of 10. Friendly Fisher family bonfires. <laughs> Des? Okay. Um, I like the episode. I, I'm i enjoying Claire's storyline. I really like Anita um, uh, and Edie even a little bit, even though she's kind of stupid and annoying. But... Um, <laughs> I, I'm enjoying her storyline. I am enjoying David and Keith being a real couple and not fighting all the damn time. Um, I'm I'm hating Rico's storyline. It's just stupid, and I don't really care. Um, I I'm not I'm I'm not loving uh, Ruth and George together, but I am loving the whole. Uh, feces gift baskets uh, that are coming their way. So that's great. Uh, Brenda and Joe's storyline, I just didn't care for this episode. Um, so that wasn't my favorite. But there there have been some really good um, guest stars. This episode had some good guest stars and everything. So I like that. Um, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Great American Art School Poser Jerk Off ex- Extravaganzas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Matt, what's your last words on this uh, this episode? Uh, I'd have to agree with uh, Moira and Des. Uh, yeah, this is kind of, this. It's not a horrible episode by any means, but it's not really anything special. It's and it's as far as a season four episode, it's pretty good. But uh, as far as a regular episode. It's it's okay. So, uh, but I'm gonna give it an extra point because they have a Radiohead song at the end. So I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna give it uh, seven out of ten free leg shaving sessions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a regular episode of Six Feet Under. Um, I do like that we're starting to uh, experience some new places with these characters uh especially we have claire claire in the art art scene or whatever art college kids scene whatever um we have keith uh being kevin costner to michelle trachtenberg's whitney houston um <laughs> and i'm looking forward to seeing where that goes uh, <laughs> to the <laughs> i feel bad that one of my favorite characters brenda wasn't exactly the most interesting thing to watch this this week um i'm hoping that gets better i'm talking as if i'm a newbie <laughs> um so and nate uh i just want him to yell at people i just want him to yell at people. <laughs> so uh with that uh oh yeah and and just i i the brico uh fantasy scene was definitely very memorable uh <laughs> But I can I'll always remember the bonfire scene as one of those uh, uh, signature moments of the show. So I really love 
when we get to an episode that has one of those moments, just like the the rapture angels or whatever, and um, that I always remember from Six Feet Under. So uh, I just think the the bonfire uh, was very cathartic. It is exactly what this season has been uh, leaning towards a a new beginning for everybody. Let's burn all our old baggage, get rid of all our old shit, and let's move on. And uh, we'll oh, I hope so. we'll see what happens. Um, so I'm for, on that. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Ejaculating guitars. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's bury this bonfire. Yay! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, on the iTunes, uh, like, just like tabs, you can leave us a review uh, with a uh, a star rating. Really appreciate if you did that. Um, 75. 75 stars, please. 75 stars. <laughs> Out of five, yes. And a cookie. Can you leave us a cookie? Also, yes. I'm noticing, I, I, this has been pointed out to me before, but um, you know, if you wanted to get a hold of some of the first episodes, if you want to start all over again in 600, maybe you just discovered the show, um, you want to go from pilot episode um, and it's not available on iTunes, I would say go to our TalkShoe page. You can search on TalkShoe for FisherCast until I get an actual link going. Um, Blogspot. You can just do it on the Blogspot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't you have them all posted yeah. there? You can, you can scroll back and find yeah. it. They're all there on the TalkShoe page. Unfortunately, iTunes only keeps like the last two seasons of our show up for some reason. I don't understand how some people can have but- like millions of episodes up there and Mm-hmm. I can, maybe it's they're getting paid by them. I don't know, but I think it depends on if you pay for the site that's hosting. Yeah. Because um, I think Talkshoe only gives so many to iTunes at once. Because you know, for a free site. Well, I want more for free. Well, sucks to be you. <laughs> Does go ahead. <laughs> All right, you can visit us at this. FisherCast.blogspot.com. That's where you can find all our old episodes. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 541-2-Embalm. And you can visit us on Facebook. Or you can email us. And you know what? We need more emails. That's what I've decided. I'm officially putting out word that I want more emails to read. <laughs> yes. I usually... Yes. And I usually post it on the Facebook about two days before we uh, record. So that you have a little bit of a heads up and you'll know, you know, when we need your input. So, yes, seriously. FisherCast1 at gmail.com. You know who you are, people, that usually email us in. I'm looking at you. Yeah. I'm looking at you and I have a very stern look. And he's wearing shorts. And I'm wearing shorts. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So, email us about that. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Des, oh, excuse me. Hold up, Des. Matt, okay. <laughs> thank you very yeah. much for joining us, and uh, oh, you're very welcome. Being a funeral director with me, especially in you know a season that you don't exactly enjoy as much. We were trying to get you in here for season three, but unfortunately, schedules happened. But yeah, but that, that's life. <laughs> thank you. I, I thought you I'll showed remarkable in. restraint. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty quiet. Yes. <laughs> Maybe if I get on season five, I'll talk more. <laughs> That's your guest appearances, though. You're very quiet on guest appearances, yet on your own show, you talk all the time. Yeah, that's because I'm usually the only person on. (laughs) All right, so speaking of your show, where can people find it? What is it called? And uh, who did it used to host? 
it uh movie snobbery two uh movie snobbery one was hosted by robin and steph uh so yeah i took over their show it's it's a show that i just talk about movies i review stuff i do top fives i recently put out a summer preview episode i like kind of go into about like two dozen summer movies and kind of what i hope they're gonna be or what the stuff i'm gonna avoid like the plague and uh Hopefully, I will. Be, I'll be recording a like a spoiler cast tonight about uh, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, la, 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 or we're, la, 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 la. Or we're just. Don't, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I saw it. Don't worry. <laughs> don't don't worry. I'm not going to say anything. But uh, on, on the podcast, we're just going to go full in, just talking about the whole movie. So that's going to be uh, something that'll probably come out around the same time this episode should come out. <laughs> so that's then you can look forward to. If you've seen it, and if you haven't, what are you doing? You should go see Cabin in the Woods because it's awesome. I'm waiting until it comes out on video with Gabby, and then we're going to uh, record a special commentary <laughs> for nice. it. It's it's good, but it's not that awesome. La, la, but... la, la, la. Opinion spoilers. <laughs> but don't – hey, Robin, don't worry about getting spoiled too much because pretty much if you watch the preview, you know, I mean, I, you're going to know what's – I felt that – I was expecting a twist because everybody's like, don't get spoiled. But it's not like that. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, uh, definitely check out Movie Snobbery 2. Matt has uh, taken uh, our crown and scepter – and made it extra shiny for everybody to enjoy. Um, I'm not saying scepter as a, a penis metaphor either. So, uh-huh. um, <laughs> Des, where can we find you on the web? Wherever I am. Um, you can, like you heard earlier in the episode, you can find me on What's On With Steph and Des. Go to what's on with Steph and Des.blogspot.com. And you can find Moira buying a brand new um, Mammy cookie jar at the Fisher Garage sale, as well <laughs> as uh, on Twitter with uh, oh at, at racist. <laughs> it's a classic. It's, a cla- it's an antique. You're buying it more for an antique than the fact that she wants to fill a, a black woman with cookies. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> So Twitter, Moira Brown, <laughs> with an E at the end of it. <laughs> uh, and for me, I am on Redemption Cast, the Angel Intro Cast, at uh, redemptioncast.blogspot.com. What? I never heard of that. Yeah. That's crazy. Speaking of something nobody's ever heard of, Top Bunk Podcast, which is at topbunkpodcast.blogspot.com. It's me and my friend Len talking about things, including... Uh, ripping off Movie Snobbery 2 and talking summer movie preview this week. Um, and and you can hear me sending feedback. Yes. So, listen for that. Yes. Um, so that's it for Fisher Cast this week. Next week, your homework is Season 4, Episode 4. Can I come up now? Uh, no. As for Parallel Play, we therefore commit this episode to the ground, Ashes to Ashes, and dust to dust. Dust to dust. Bye. Bye. Later. <laughs> Froggy and Corden, he did ride, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Froggy and Corden, he did ride something, something by his side. <laughs> I don't even know all the words. Nope. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Ah. Whoa! Ah. Uh-huh.
ready for it. Get started, ain't it? Oh, froggy when he did ride, Crambo. Froggy when he did ride, Crambo. Froggy when he did ride, a sword and a pen, a pen, a revolver by his side, Crambo. Crambo killed fla la ra 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 that's a hard part right in there, nanny nephew. Crambo killed a liar, liar, flop a doodle, yellow bug, two lot of ditty, cover up, top bottom, and crambo. Ali ole, and the yodel goes right in there somewhere, but it's a little too high for me. Oh, where will the wedding supper be, crambo? Where will the wedding supper be, crambo? Where will the wedding supper be? Way down yonder in a hickle nut, in a hickle nut, in a, in a, in a, in a cotton wool, in a eucalyptus tree. Crambo. Crambo kill, la 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 la